Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wentland, Episode 9, Got Triggers? Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership-related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also, as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. You can call it composure, or poise, or dignity, but leaders who have the ability to lead under pressure garner more respect and followership. This isn't to imply that displaying emotions isn't valuable. It absolutely is. But this is more about the difference between responding appropriately with emotional reactions in a manner that builds trust and aligns with our intentions. Last episode, I talked about the importance of being aware of and transparent about your values. And today, we'll talk a little bit about the dark side of values. But first, consider the answer to a few of the following questions. These are kind of fill in the blanks. It makes me so angry at work when others fill in the blank. If I could change one behavior about people I work with, it would be fill in the blank. If I only worked with people who would do this differently, fill in the blank, I would be so much less stressed. I get so frustrated when fill in the blank. All right, so you got them? And do you see any themes? As you were thinking about the things that bug you at work, are there any patterns that are emerging for you? A lot of these things that bother us at work tend to bother us continuously. So this is what's called a trigger. Triggers consist of thoughts, feelings, and events that seem to trigger an automatic response from us. Of course, that word trigger is important because the idea is that our reaction occurs automatically. It might just seem like it's completely involuntary. We had no control. The truth is that this reaction, like everything else we do, is a choice. Learning how to identify our personal triggers is the first step to taking control over how we choose to respond. That passage was by Laura Schenk. She's a PhD and a licensed professional counselor. Her explanation of triggers really resonated with me because in providing leadership training and in doing so much leadership coaching, I see this a lot. The things that bother us and can derail us at work affect our credibility. What I've also come to notice and observe is that sometimes our triggers are actually connected to our values. If I value honesty and integrity, I'd probably get pretty upset if I believe someone's lying to me. And if I value hard work and dependability, 
I'll likely be pretty ticked off at those that I don't think are putting in the time or effort required to do the work. I remember that very vividly as a first-time manager. One of my personal values was a strong work ethic. That's what I was taught when I was growing up. And when I saw people that didn't put in that time or energy or work as hard as I did, I was super judgmental about it. Now, I'm not saying this is a good thing, but what I'm saying is oftentimes there is a connection between the things that we value and the things that tend to trigger us. As you consider the values inventory that I hope you did in the last episode, what would be great is for you to also do an inventory of your triggers. See if you can find a connection. Very often we can. And it's important for you to be cognizant of your triggers so you can maintain your composure. You do not have to be triggered. But the crazy thing is, this is so difficult to change and to disrupt that process because the more consistently we respond to a trigger in one way, which is typically not in a way that's good, that's conducive to leadership effectiveness, we essentially create a neural pathway in our brain that is like a super highway. And the next time we encounter that same situation, we could be reacting the same way. So each time I see someone who I believe is not working hard or hard enough, I'm going to react in a similar way because I've already created that stress reaction pattern in my brain. That just means our brain is super amazing and it's doing things on our behalf. But you know what? Then we have to change it and we have to shift it. And when triggers, this is particularly true. As a leader, we have to show up and figure how to manage our triggers more constructively and effectively to make sure that we're reacting in a way that's in alignment with our leadership goals. To interrupt this very automatic process, we have to kind of dial back and see like what's actually happening in our brain. A trigger is something that happens. Let's say I'm in a meeting with my staff. What if one of my experienced and tenured employees reacts really negatively to something? She rolls her eyes and shakes her head and heavy sighs. My automatic thought is, why is she doing that? Why is she always so negative? Oh my gosh, I need her. I need her to be positive. I need her to move forward. I need her to help the team. So my reaction is, um, I could, <laughs> actually, I could just ignore her in the meeting, or I could bust her out and say something like, what's up with you? What's the matter? I could do that, though, in a very not really constructive, helpful way, because I'm thinking the thought, why are you doing this? And why are you always doing this? Now, of course, that's not true. How do we change that trigger, the triggering of an automatic thought, and then that destructive response? It takes a little bit of mindfulness, but we have to remember that a trigger, the more we know about our triggers in advance, the more we can catch ourselves in the moment. Let's say that exact same situation happens. I'm in a staff meeting and I bring up an issue and she rolls her eyes and she heavy sighs again. And then I start to feel the emotions in my body. I can feel the warmth. I can feel the anxiety. I can feel my anger. And then I realize that I'm having a destructive thought. So I have to think about what's my thought error. My thought error is I'm judging her pretty darn harshly. Is that really true? Am I exaggerating? Is there any reason to believe 
that there might be another explanation for her behavior. If I go through that process of feeling those emotions, catching myself in the moment, then thinking about the thought error, why am I thinking negatively about her? I can choose to reframe it. I can choose to respond to her differently. And I could think about it in a whole different way. Rather than automatically thinking a negative thought, I could feel that emotion, feel my face flush, my heart race, identify the error, and I can realize that negative thought about her is what's causing my anxiety. So I reframe it. And I could think about like, what are the facts? Oh my gosh, we've had three big changes in six months. I'm bringing up a core process to her job. She's experienced relative to the rest of the team. And so am I exaggerating? You bet I am. She's not always negative. And actually, quite frequently, she's really helpful to the team because of her tenure and experience. And could there be another explanation for her behavior? You bet. She's probably frustrated. And she's probably anxious about another change. She's probably also upset that I didn't get her involved in the change process to begin with. When I reframe the situation, I can remain calm and composed during the meeting. I could actually thank her for sharing her concerns. I could ask her what she's feeling and why. I could ask her questions either during the meeting or after. And I could actually be more honest and direct. I could ask her how she would like to be involved going forward. That's the power of recognizing our triggers in the moment in order to change them and react in a more composed way. Of course, it's so easy to talk about and it's so difficult to execute. But this is an area as leaders we can increasingly get better at. I've been doing a lot of work over the last couple of years on triggers triggers with myself and triggers with leaders. Here are some considerations for strengthening this for you. One, if you haven't already, go back and do that values assessment. Understanding your values and the things that you care about are central to your leadership purpose and fulfilling a leadership legacy for yourself. Secondly, do that triggers inventory. Now look at the dark side. What are the things that bug you at work? What are the things that make you upset? And then see if you can find a pattern. See if there's a connection between your values and your triggers. Very often there is. Then print out the triggers worksheet and think about the last time you were triggered at work. What caused it? What did you do? How did you react and respond? And if you could redo it, how might you think about that situation differently? And then third, to create awareness, this is a great area to start journaling about. Maybe you're not a journaler, but maybe you could spend just a few minutes at the end of each day identifying anything that bothered you at work. I know, maybe that'd be a blank piece of paper. Maybe you'll start to see some patterns. If at the end of the day, you can just jot down for just a couple minutes, I'm not talking like some big log, (laughs) but an opportunity to reflect on the day, what were some things that bothered you so you can start to identify patterns. That's a beautiful thing towards increased self-awareness. That's more of reflective self-awareness. What we want to get good at is self-awareness in the moment. Be mindful of when that's happening. But first, we start with looking back and that can help us to increase our knowledge of what those triggers are. This is a great opportunity to explore the things that are important to you at work and also maintaining your composure under pressure. There is so much stress in all of our days 
And the last thing we want to do is react in a way that's not helpful or constructive and that undermines our trust and credibility with others. Taking the time to explore your values, explore your triggers will be well worth the effort. It'll help you to maintain poise and dignity, not just for you, for creating a great environment for those around you. Here's a great quote by Morgan Freeman. I only wish he would be here to say it because his voice is so beautiful. But he says, self-control is strength. Calmness is mastery. You have to get to a point where your mood doesn't shift based on the insignificant actions of someone else. Don't allow others to control the direction of your life. Don't allow your emotions to overpower your intelligence. Oh, Morgan, that's a beautiful thing. And those are some great reasons to reflect on your values and reflect on your triggers. What is your relationship with politics? Yeah, you know, the political network at work, the political behaviors that you need to demonstrate to get your job done. So many people dislike it because it feels like we're playing games. But are we? Join me next week when we talk about political savvy and why you need to pay attention to it.